This week on Rotten or Righteous, we asked the question, would you sacrifice your bears for the Lord? Welcome to Rotten or Righteous, and in the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate the crime and the district attorney who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Welcome to the r <laughs> World Wrestling Association of America. Tonight is the main event. In this corner, weighing more than a bag of flour, but less than a beluga whale, Scott the Hammer Judge! And in a corner in the back office, because he's in a timeout, we have the patron saint of tights, Luke Taylor! And me, I am your host, Big Sexy Zach! (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This is Rotten or Righteous. It's a show where we watch and rate faith-based movies. Let's go ahead and get into the review for this week's feature presentation, the 2016 semi-autobiographical The Masked Saint. Wrestling and religion. It takes, or it starts out with a flashback of the young Pastor Chris sitting on his stoop, listening to his parents have the single most generic and stereotypical fight (laughs) between two parents I have ever heard in my entire life. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, because you both, uh, you've never went through your parents' divorce before. Their argument was so nice compared to the real thing. Yeah. You're always out of the house. Yeah, Will. You didn't do the dishes. Yeah, Will. You smell like cheese. Yeah, Will. I think your hair looks funny. That's it. I'm leaving. Can we just say now at this point in the show, there were some scenes throughout the entire movie that the acting was not real good? Oh, no. We will go through. We will go through those scenes, Scott, meticulously. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's start with this one to just say the acting was not real good. What you in didn't this scene. you didn't think the acting was good when the dad came out of the of the house and then turned to his son and literally said these lines. These are the lines his dad is going to say to his son before he abandons him forever. Don't give your mother any grief. You hear? And then gets in his truck and drives away. How does his mom respond to this? emotionally traumatic event that has happened in her son's life. She screams through the door, Come in here and do your chores! <laughs> I, I mean, seriously? That's what you're concerned about right now? Your, your breadwinner just left, and because little Chris is sitting outside not washing the dishes, it was just bad. It was just the start of a bad, 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 bad series of events. That is one way to take a look at it. Or the wheels were set in motion for who this man's going to become the rest of the movie and what he did with his life to be different than his father. Yeah, you know, Scott, I didn't get that from this film. 
This film is about the most on-the-nose movie you'd ever say in your life. And I, I hereby will state that if they didn't come out and blatantly say that every single message that they're trying to portray in this film, any kind of subtext, anything underneath the surface that you noticed was not their intention. Because, oh, they came out and said that? Because the dad didn't show up at the end going, Son, I'm sorry for abandoning you and making you have a goal to strive to not become like well, me. It, and then they hugged and gave each other a slow motion fist bump because that didn't happen. I don't believe that, that that's what this movie was about. He, he was dead by then. Of course. And then, No, it's about how this man lives with his demons to do something with his life. Okay. So then the young Chris goes to school where he is immediately in a fight with the, again, most stereotypical bully you've ever seen in your entire life. And after he gets beat up, he goes home and watches wrestling. One time, he watches wrestling. One time. And then the next day, he goes to his bully and perfectly (laughs) administers a complicated wrestling move on the child. You knew he had a future in him because of how quick a learner he was. I'm trying to be nice, but that is so dumb. No, you're, no, you're not. That's like they can't spend okay. the entire movie developing him watching wrestling. They got other important things to get to, so that it's what just... they couldn't have cut out one of the 37 montages in it and just put one montage of him learning wrestling. No. But then after he beats the bully, he offers the bully a hand up, and the bully slaps it away. So then we're in modern day, Chris. And he is praying in the uh, in the locker room of the WFW, an event that takes place in the same massive stadium in the same city without ever moving, but it does not seem to be on television at all because nobody recognizes him except for one person, but we'll get to that in a minute. He's sitting there praying. We learn that he's about to quit. It's his last match. Nikki, a.k.a. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. And his last film role comes in. He's a promoter of the WFW, and he tells the Saint uh, that, well, he's not going to be able to quit with his belt, but he needs to lose to this new guy. This new guy known as the Reaper. Dun, dun, okay. dun. If you're trying to figure out who this guy looks like, he's a mixture between The Undertaker and The Crow, that movie that Bruce Willis's son was killed while they were filming. You know what I'm talking about, Scott? Yeah. This guy looks like The Crow. He does. <laughs> he's got... <laughs> I will say this, that, that Rowdy Rod Piper was actually really good. He's the best part of this movie. He was good, yeah. He's probably he, the he best actor good. in this whole movie. So, we also should mention that in this opening scene, we meet the Saint's friend, who is a grown man that looks like he has decided to dress up as Elsa from Frozen, Uh, (laughs) and his name is the Iceman. These these people aren't very inventive with their wrestling names. (laughs) My guess is there's a lot of them that's uh, probably copyrighted. Hey, hold on a second. What's that you got on your chest? Is that a birthmark? Uh, yes, it is. All right. Welcome to the Wrestling Federation birthmark. (laughs) (laughs) And in this corner, it's the birthmark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Okay, so he goes into this 
rang with with the Reaper and his wife. Uh, uh, the Saint's wife is sitting in the row. She looks terrified. Mm-hmm. She looks like she has never seen a wrestling match one time in her entire life, and she thinks everything is real. I think so for this scene, it was a lot more real because remember in that scene, the Saint told the Reaper, you need to ease up. We've got 10 minutes to do this. The Reaper came in, guns a-blazing, and I know yeah, it's he fake. Said that, no, he said that to the Reaper in the ring. She couldn't have heard that from her seat. I know, she but she would know his, watching uh, him no, is this, that no. it was I, higher I, I intensity. I disagree. I think that whoever gas station attendant that they got to direct this feature film came out and said, hey, look, will you look terrified like you've never seen a wrestling match, even though you're married to one of the best wrestlers in the world, apparently? Yeah, but she even saw though something's intensity. relatively safe, you know, your wife still worries about you. All right, nah. but, but here's here's the thing, all right? Before we go any further, there's something I need to, to get off my chest about wrestling. I like wrestling. I watch it. I do. But I also know that it's not fake. They're really doing awesome acrobatic moves. It takes a lot of strength and athletic ability to be a professional wrestler. But it is orchestrated. Yes. They they know what moves they're going to do before they do them. It's, a, it's basically a, a play more than it is a sporting event. They know who's going to win. They know who's going to lose. It's all just a big play, big production. There are some moves that the Saint and the Reaper do here that require two people to cooperate in order for them to look like they do. Uh-huh. And, and they yet, didn't know each other before they got into the ring. Yeah, they never met before. They had no set list of what moves they were going to go down. And yet they did it perfect. Also, the gratuitous <laughs> amount of slow motion in this wrestling match. This movie's runtime is an hour and 45 minutes. If they took out the slow motion, it would have been an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> Don't you know get, slow motion is like the easiest way to make your film look professional? Though I, I don't care. It's just like it's like he threw his hand up. Oh, better slow it down. Wipe sweat off his brow. <laughs> slow motion. I'm getting the feeling you've missed the point of the entire movie, Zach. That's true. I'm getting the feeling that you're missing the point of the entire podcast, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not even notice the slow motion. In fact, I enjoyed the slow motion. Of course you, you enjoyed the thing you didn't notice. <laughs> I did think I did think about that though because they the uh, Saint asked a, the Iceman who who is that as he was over there curling 617 pounds or something <laughs> and grunting and you get into the ring and you're right those moves they had to do those together that never happened. But you know, he took a he took a uh, bottom of his shoe to his face right out of the gate. And they knew it was on then. He came out with high intensity. Saints want to play around a little bit, win the title, go home a champion. And the Reaper said, nay, nay, sir, your time has come and I'm here to gather. Hey, but, but the Reaper didn't beat the Saint until the Saint was able to perform his signature move. <laughs> That's true. The kind of like Breaker. Kind of like The Undertaker. Is a terrible name for... <laughs> for a wrestling move. <laughs> did did you did you find his position when he was praying weird? Like when his knees leading what? up with That's how I pray. Is that how you pray? 
Yep. I pray with both my legs folded behind my head, balancing <laughs> precariously on my tailbone. And so, yeah, the Faith Breaker, he just swings around some dude's head and then slams him down and lands on his knees with his hands up. <laughs> if you it's think like, about it, shouldn't the Faith Breaker be like the Reaper's move? It should be. Think. But then again, the Faith Builder, swinging around a dude's neck, flipping him over upside down and then getting down to pray, doesn't have the same kind of effect. <laughs> I'm here to build your faith. Oh, yeah. What? No, that sounds nice. Thanks. <laughs> and tonight, when you come out to the ring, your faith is going to grow. Thank you. I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> oh. And then, uh, I'll, I'll talk about this more later on, but <laughs> Reaper puts him in a leg lock. And then just snaps his leg. Why? Yeah. Why did he do that? <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But I, but it's because he's a jerk. It's because he's a jerk. And how do you yeah. know that the the promoter guy didn't just give him permission to do whatever he wanted? I, I don't. But it's a fiscal or it's a fiscally irresponsible move. <clears throat> Why? Because in the pro wrestling circuit. You're going to need more people to wrestle. And if you keep breaking everybody's legs, you're not going to have more people to wrestle. Yeah, but nobody but he's knows. Going, he's retired now. Okay. Nobody nobody knows because he's, they just think he's faking. I'm Except pretty for sure his wife. that if you hear a man's leg snap in half... You know what? No, I've heard a man's leg snap in half. I was there. My dad broke his ankle. You know that's not fake whenever you hear it. So, Saint gets his leg broken. <laughs> Again, per the movie, I think we're trying to build this man. He's at rock bottom. We've seen it twice now. His dad walks out. Mom's yelling at him to do the chores. Now he gets his leg broke. It's a movie where this guy's going to have to overcome in life, and we're going to see that again and again. It's true. There's some deep development going on here. Yep, that's what I got from it, too. <laughs> So the next scene, the saint is packing up to leave Florida because they're going to go to a different church in gang-riddled Michigan. Hey Scott, do you know how we know that they're <laughs> the church they're moving to is uh, a bad in a bad location? Yeah, I do because it's the Westside Baptist Church. So they finally make it to Westside Baptist Church, and the treasurer <clears throat> lets them into the building. And there's a guy there named Lumpkin. <laughs> From Lumpkin Lighting. <laughs> His name is Lumpkin. <laughs> and so, yeah, Lumpkin is just... His name's Judge Judd Lumpkin, and he is the <laughs> biggest supporter financially of the church. For one, for, for old Judd... Well, the church's roof wouldn't be fixed. Everything uh, wouldn't be able to stay open. And so the new pastor does what every single new minister should do. When entering the new work, he immediately starts talking about money. He's like, hey, let's bump up the tithing. <laughs> that right there is a perfect yep. PR campaign to get people on your side. Hi, I know you don't know me. I'm the new preacher here. I think you should get more money. Uh so he immediately goes, you know what? We're going to get this offering up. 
And then, uh, if you if you didn't know I was going to talk about this one, Scott, then you don't really know me, because old pastor went door knocking. It's the best way to evangelize. Apparently so. But before they're going to go around a dangerous neighborhood and knock on strangers' doors, the first thing that they need to do is uh, drop the pastor and his wife have a, a little girl. They need to drop her off with uh, the most motherly figure there, Miss Edna. Now, I don't have any problem with Miss Edna. She's 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 a sweetheart in the movie. But Miss Edna also tells us that uh, Judd, yes, he, he financially supports the congregation, but he also drives away any new members. And she was the one who fought for him in their search committee meetings yep. because she wanted a fighter. Which she was wanted the second a pastor fighter. In this movie, actually. So they're out door knocking. Door after door, slammed in their faiths, and this was hilarious. <laughs> it was just a hoot. <laughs> it is so unfortunate our listeners can't see your face tonight. <laughs> but why is it that every single movie that has a preacher in it has to do a door-knocking <clears throat> sequence, and in every single door-knocking sequence, they're just doors slammed in their <laughs> face, played off for comedic effect? I don't know. The wife started to get annoying to me in this scene. Because she was Why? annoyingly optimistic. Maybe the next door. No, we just had 47 doors slammed in our face. This next door literally has a sign posted on it that looks fake because it is. Because the movie has terrible production value. But it just says, drug dealer house, keep out. I'm, we shouldn't knock on this door. Let's lose, use a little prudence here. Let's use the wisdom God gave us. Oh, you go ahead and knock on it, honey. His knee, which he is still recovering from and broken. He is a crippled man hobbling around the neighborhood with a cane. And he's like, honey, my knee's acting up. I need to quit. You are your big quitter. Better go start knocking again. Come on, chop, chop. She pulls out a cattle prod out of her purse. She starts jabbing him with it. It was uncalled for. Maybe you need a little bit more of that, that annoying positivity. In I life. saw a man with a supportive a wife light. who was full of determination realizing that drug users and drug pushers need Jesus. True, and that door was uh, Mindy's door, <clears throat> who ends up converting to Southern Baptism and her husband and her Listen, child and reforming the choir. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Because right now, all we know Very is well. that he has an abusive wife that doesn't acknowledge his physical handicaps. <clears throat> he's, not, he's not physically handicapped. He had a knee injury. <laughs> well, well, you know, the last door that they knocked on just so happened to be a scared-looking blonde lady who, despite being scared, is like, Yeah, strangers, come on in. Come on into my house. Why do so many people in the slums of Detroit or Michigan have southern accents in this movie? I don't... That doesn't mean you speak Baptist. with a southern accent. In this case, it does. Yes, it does. And, uh, well, and the context clues are there. I, this lady's husband, Ray, well, he's been beating her. And Ray is the other one that I thought, oh, this acting is not good. Every single bad person in <laughs> yeah, this movie you know, honestly, is the stereotype. Ray is the stereotypical redneck. He comes in with a beer in his hand and goes, who are you folks? <laughs> How you doing? I'm, I'm Pastor Chris. Nice to meet you. Pastor Chris. You know what? I well, thought... Pastor, get out of my house. We don't... Go on. Get. We don't want to know... We don't want none of what you're selling. What you doing? Talking to a preacher and his wife. And then we're at the first Sunday. And... 
gets up to preach, and he's got a stack of note cards. <laughs> and he's looking down at his stack of note cards, and he goes, nope, not this one. What? <laughs> Are every one of those note cards individual sermons that he was just going to get up and pick one out? It appears so. All I'm just saying is I, I've you know I've I've been in a no probably not in a mood some weeks where I bust out a couple of sermons because you know one leads into the other or whatever but I can't preach like a sermon from six months ago just pick one out of the stack Sunday morning and go here we go yep. and just run up there and do it <laughs> well he does preach not on faith and it does get across that his message was faith about faith because he says it. About 74 times. Now, to be fair, the whole point of this was to be bad. He was supposed to be, ba- be bad at preaching, and boy, was he. He was awful. <laughs> he said may have, may have been an Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> and maybe you go, okay, well, maybe it's just his first Sunday. Well, then we, we jump in time in this scene to the next Sunday, and what's he preaching on? Faith. Preaching on faith. And is he any better? <clears throat> Absolutely not. How did this man get this job? Because he was a fighter. Did he not? But did you not have to try out to preach? No one else they, wanted to try out. They said they've had three different preachers in the past year. It's not that nobody... This place has preacher applications apparently flying in. But what, when they interviewed him, they didn't go, Hey, can you preach a sermon with more than one word in it? Small detail. Uh, or His sermon was so bad... That people literally walking got out. up and walked out. Do you know how bad of a preacher you have to be to do that? <laughs> because you know what, really, gotta, at this point... Church dies. We haven't seen... It's, it's been slow to this point. It really was. There was a lot of things... Now, this, be, my, this was my this is my favorite part of the whole really, movie. Really? Up until now, in my mind, there's a lot of things that maybe they could have done without. I started getting more interested as we moved on from here because I thought, what in the world are they going to do with this? This guy stands up and hymns and halls and goes, uh, uh, faith. We got to have faith. And that's why I'm here. And then it's like they go to the Bye next man. Sunday. <laughs> it's same thing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. What are we going to do? Uh, can we also just talk for a second that uh, in this scene, the building is leaking? <laughs> yep. He puts, okay, and, and after the end of one sermon, we see leaks coming down from the building, and he puts a pot underneath it, goes and has a 30-second conversation with somebody, and this is a big stock pot. And then it, they just show the pot, and the water level is like an inch from the top of the rim. Yep. So that is a massive leak. <laughs> yep. Old Lumpkin, Judd Lumpkin, he's going to have to get on that. Seeing what I saw in this scene is, Zach, that the preacher has been planted there. And when things are planted, they need rain in order to grow. And now the rain is being provided and growth should be coming forth. What I saw there, Scott, is bad continuity and set designers that don't understand how leaky roofs work. Well, it was working. I'd like also for you to notice, Zachary, that um, several, several times the preacher is bad. Right. And this is a progressive scene. You bash them because they only did the wrestling. You know, when he learned wrestling, they only did it once. 
Okay. They dragged this You're out absolutely for quite a right. while. Make this scene uh, half as long as what it was. Go so. back to the beginning and have him watch a couple more wrestling matches before he's an expert at it. Thank you, Luke. You fixed the problem with the movie. You're like Tickle Me Elmo tonight, Zach. You just got all these little buttons that we can just sit back and push and watch you go off. So in the next scene, Judd, old Lumpkin. <laughs> old Lumpy. Can we call him Lumpy from here on out? Good old Lumpy Lumpkin goes, hey, you play basketball? And the preacher's like, yeah, I play basketball. Keep in mind, full knee brace and a cane at this point in time. Still hobbling around. <laughs> basketball game is less than a week away. Judd's not. <laughs> this is the last time in the entire movie that we see him limp from his knee. Yeah. From this point out, he's fine. <laughs> Rehab has gone well for him, apparently. <laughs> It went so well. He went from maybe like a five to a full ten yeah. in less than a week. And, and that whole basketball thing, because the way he was saying it, his wife was like, no, you're hurt. He's like, ah, yeah, I play basketball. And the whole basketball scene, I'm waiting for him to make like that bad step that, that uh-huh. ruins his knee and pushes him. It never happens. It never comes. Not one time. But what does happen in the basketball scene is Judd screaming. Who? A lot. At everybody. Judd's just not having a good time with this game. And he calls the pastor's wife a porous... (laughs) 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 At one point, he calls Pastor Chris's wife. Her defense is so bad that she's porous as a sponge. (laughs) And this sets Chris off. Yep. He is about ready to rip this dude's head off. You do not compare to my wife to something that's exorbitant and used for cleaning dishes. <laughs> really? You, what do you, you say about my wife? You think that's the problem he had? <laughs> Here's the thing I don't understand, okay? Because all Judd wanted was to make the playoff. To play make off. the playoff. I'm that's watching that. I'm going, you know what? To me, that's the stupidest part of the movie. Right there. We keep playing like this. We are going to make the playoffs. What? Really? Shut up, Lumpy. That's the stupid... What about the fact that we have a man who was a gimp? (laughs) He had an injury. He had faith. He was healed. You can't be... can't be walking around with a cane in the ghetto. That's the best place to to walk around with a cane. You got a (laughs) handy weapon right there. (laughs) Now that'll be cut out. Oh. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So, Judd keeps running his mouth, and eventually the whole team... Judd's entire team gets kicked out of the league. And uh, Judd gets real mad. And so what does Pastor Chris do? The logical thing for a a man of the cloth, he puts Judd into a sleeper hold and continually tells him, the more you struggle, the more it's going to hurt. The more you struggle, the more it's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah, I do it every Sunday. Have you never done that? Every Sunday. One of your parishioners. Last week, little old lady Smith, 82 years old, got a little lippy. I, I wasn't having it. I kicked her cane out from underneath her, swung around, flipped her over my head, put her in a full Nelson. I said, more strokes are going to hurt. <laughs> I, hey, I did have a guy one time when I was in college. He made me mad. It was like toward the end of the, end of the school year. And uh, I put him in the Boston Crab. He never... The Boston Crab. That's like where you... <laughs> You sit on their back and pull their legs up. Guy yep. never talked to me again, which was sad no, because I, we were good friends. I've never done the Boston friends. Crab, but 
There was just one guy that was running his mouth in school. I put him in the Philadelphia cheesesteak. <laughs> so I'm sure you've played your fair game of uh, pickup games and like little basketball leagues and stuff. Yeah. Do you remember what the highest score you ever scored was? Even a, you know, just a, a regular old pickup game? Probably 16 points. Okay. Because the score of this pickup game, <laughs> did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Was 102 to 52. Yes. Old Lump, Old Lumpkin was playing in a league that had NBA that. stars in it, apparently. Well, and listen, that's why he's so upset. You can't be getting beat by 50 the first game of the season and expect to make the playoffs. <laughs> pastor or no pastor his, with a gimp. If his, if his wife wasn't such a porous sponge. <laughs> At the end of the game, after Lumpkin gets taken out, which, by the way, real quick, he's in the, he's in the sleeper hold. The entire crowd in the audience starts applauding. Yep. Did you notice that? Yep. Everyone there is applauding for assault. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're applauding. <laughs> hey, you go, preacher. Thank you for assaulting that man with a big mouth. Uh, one other thing that happens at the game. Pastor Chris meets the captain of the other team, who is a police detective, who says, Good luck, Pastor. And the pastor goes, I don't need luck, but I'll take a prayer. And then the cop's like, and then walks away. In the most understated (laughs) (laughs) moment of the entire movie, that this guy just may not like religion. I just thought, I know that this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but this, the whole relationship with the detective was pointless. And and I've got some notes. (laughs) So Judd, following the basketball game, pulls his funding from the church. Um, in order to help the church out, Pastor Chris moves to a more affordable house. And as they're moving, they have to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And this might be one of the biggest problems I have with the movie. They're making their little daughter give away the majority of her stuffed bears. Because they just don't have room for teddy bears at the new house. You gotta make sacrifices sorry, for the Lord. But you could give away all of my stuff before I make you give my son's toys away. Because my son should not be punished for my bad financial decisions. So you're gonna allow your son to keep all his toys throughout his life? Oh he He can keep his bears if he still plays with them. She clearly is attached to those things. It's not like I'm gonna go over and take his Toy Story toys, which are the best toys in the world right now, or his little stuffed Mickey that he can't sleep without and be like, Well, we just don't have room, Joseph. This is messed up, right? I'm not the only person that sees that. No, she gives her she she gives her bears to uh, someone else she who would them. would love them. So it's an opportunity. But that's the thing. It's an opportunity right, they're moving for her into, to be a giver. Spoiler alert: They move into the house next to old redneck Ray and his <laughs> and the little daughter of Ray and and Mindy Mindy the abused Mindy. wife. She has one of the bears. I, I, I will say here and go, if it was her choice to give that little girl a bear, which she's a sweet little girl. I'm sure she would have made that choice. That is her choice to make. I do not like the fact that they made this little girl give away her toys. It's not right. It makes me it makes me sad. It literally made me sad to watch that. Yes. That made you sad. No, Scott, come on. I'm not being crazy here. No, I'm just I'm trying to pride because it didn't 
It didn't bother me really because I know we've had our kids give away toys that they haven't played with for a while. So where was she at with with the bears? The fact that she said, but my bears, we're not talking about toys that she outgrow. She she likes her stuffed bears. Going to have to go with you on this, Zach. Let her keep her bears. Get rid of her parents. Thank you. I'm saying sacrifice the bears. That should be the, that should be the, when you have a kid, you'll... This should be the name of this podcast, Sacrifice the Bears for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, so as there. You, you, have no, you have no sympathy for Pastor Chris's <laughs> whole point. movie? And then you're worried about, like, a girl with an excess of teddy bears having to give away yeah. a couple? <laughs> Any other questions, Luke? <laughs> okay. <sighs> so as nope. they're packing up, the pastor didn't have to get rid of his mask because he finds it in the next scene. It's and talk. Listen, talk about the small. providence of this movie as Miss Edna comes over with a plate of cookies five seconds after he finds his mask as they're packing into their or unpacking into their new house, and then he she's like, "Hey." Let's go for a let's go for a drive and have a talk. They start listening to heavy metal music. And by heavy metal music I mean generic whatever they could find. Fair use. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked <laughs> What what type of heavy metal u- music would have been better for the movie? <laughs> don't know the music throughout this movie was terrible oh. yeah. you gotta keep the budget down zach you don't get the big studio supporting oh, wow. great you. music if only the music would have been better on the way to the wrestling event it would have made it would have yeah, made a yeah. lot of you would have liked the movie then yeah you would have it would have actually improved it honestly it sounded like i was listening to iphone ringtones playing underneath the movie half the time it may have been it was bad you were where's edna driving them well to none other than the permanent wfw stadium and uh so they go in there and uh they they sit down in the crowd and the uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper gets up and, and greets the crowd and intros to wrestlers, Titan and Brawler. And can I just say that Brawler looks like me without my shirt on? No. I felt bad for that guy. You can't. I feel like that I feel like that guy it was just like he was there to hold the boom mic. What's Some that out of shape dude eating his ch- eating his Taco Bell and they're like, Hey, we need a wrestler. Will you do it? Uh can I keep my shirt on? No. no. Oh yeah, well, my wife walked in the he room during that scene when I was watching it last off. night, and she goes, "This is bad." And she just turned around and walked out. That's all she saw <laughs> was him tearing his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so they get into a fight. Pastor Chris goes to get some air, and he sees a bunch of Reaper merchandise, which is surprising because he was told that Reaper got kicked out of the WFW for breaking his leg. But that's not the case. Mm-mm. Reaper is still fighting. As a matter of fact, the next fight is between Iceman, and the who, Reaper. if you don't remember, was from the beginning of the movie, who looks like Elsa, and the Reaper. 
And how does the Reaper fight? By literally kicking his back. He just stomps on his spine. He's not a good wrestler. How is he a professional? Well, that's all part of the part of the wrestling. Stepping on the back, the head, the legs. I understand that, but when you are literally stomping someone into the mat, you are not being a very good wrestler. You need to be able to have people to fight later on. But if you keep breaking people's legs and breaking their backs, eventually you will literally hurt your entire competition and have no one to fight. And no one's going to show up for, for Reaper to just stand there looking like a muscular crow. Hey, Zach. Going, hey. Hey, Zach. What? It's fake. It's not fake. <laughs> Wrestling <laughs> is fake, but the whole point of this movie right here was to show that the Reaper, when he fights, is not doing it fair, that he is hurting people. He's a good heel. He's not a heel. A heel means that you're paid to lose. He is literally hurting people. No. And it, no, stop, stop. Because the fact that you're disagreeing is going to have people confused here. You need to understand that this man is literally hurting people in the ring. That is a story point we need to get across. And he wasn't paid to, lose, paid to lose. He's paid to be a bad guy. Okay. That's fine. So is several other people in the WWE. Never once have I seen them break someone's spine and then try to break their leg. But haven't you ever, like, heard of the psychopaths who are, you know, they just hurt people. It's not, like, to their advantage or it's not yes, for any, like, I've, good I've heard of those people. Reason, they are not performers word. in professional wrestling because the last thing you want to do is to have several of your wrestlers hurt. Yeah, but nobody cares about the Iceman, right? And, and these other people. Oh, of course. Injuring. Nobody so, cares about the Iceman. Rowdy, Rowdy Raw doesn't care as long as he can bring in Reaper money. He just lets him do his thing. And so this guy is using WWE as like his outlet for his violence and ridiculousness. Hey, hey WWE is trademarked. It's WFW. WFW oh, as his outlet for his anger and beating people up. And he's really just a bully. But uh, see, and the whole thing too with the stomping on the back is you've got to be able to jump up in the air to make the majority of the noise. If you're stomping with your right to hit your left on the mat where they've got the microphones under there so you can get the noise going on to make it sound they worse. They were hurting him so bad that Pastor Chris felt the need to come out of retirement to go and help him. Mm -hmm. There's my argument, that this was not fake. Mm -hmm. And that's how the wife knew in the very beginning of the movie, too, that he come out with that intensity. That's why she looks so scared. So, they go and they fight the Reaper. <laughs> and they beat him. Wait, are you moving on from this point? We were yeah, still I am. Because Still you guys are being case. no, you're not making a case. You're just being openly combative to me, and we've been going a hundred an hour and twenty two minutes, and that's an hour and twenty two minutes longer than I want to talk about this stupid movie. So <laughs> we're like a quarter of the way through. I know. Okay, so please they, continue. They they beat the Reaper. Then Nikki wants the Saint to return. Nikki, Rowdy Rod Piper wants Saint to return. It offers him twenty thousand dollars to come back and fight the Reaper, and. Pastor Chris says, no. And then in the next scene, he's taken clothes to a donation box, or as I assume his daughter's prized possessions to a donation box. <laughs> and in the background, a pimp slaps one of his prostitutes for praying. So what happens after the pimp slaps the prostitute? Well, have no fear. The masked saint is here. <laughs> Just a man in a Mexican wrestler's mask. <laughs> And a puffy vest. 
their masked saint shows up for the first time. We see him. And he's like, hey, why are you hitting that girl? Using his real voice. No attempt to disguise that whatsoever. Hi there. I'm Pat. Oh, can't say that. I'm, I'm the masked saint. How are you doing? I was wondering if you could have a conversation about Jesus. <laughs> I will give you this. I did chuckle a little bit, a real chuckle, not just laughing at the ridiculousness of this movie when the pimp looks to the masked saint and goes, what do you want, macho libre? I was like, ah, Luke's going to like that one. I did like that. The the thing that got me in this scene is uh, the whole the whole praying thing. That just... I don't know why, but to me, that seemed out of place for this scene. No way. I know what they're trying to do for the movie, but that was just odd. The whole thing. Are you saying that the whole scene's a little on the nose, Scott? It's a little off the nose. The whole vest thing, though, that's that was very 1980s to have a vest like that. I had a vest. Was it like a puffy? I can't remember. Was it like a puffy? Yeah, it was like like a puffy. It was like a puffy vest. If he would have given up his vest, they would have had room for at least four or five teddy bears. That thing was so puffy. <laughs> well, when you want to be macho and you have a, a warm or a, a cold torso, but you still want to show off your guns, that's what you wear, yeah. puffy vest. See, didn't he Listen, didn't he you're wrestle? coming from a person who has... I, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how often during the winter times my torso is freezing cold, but my arms are just so hot and sweaty. What yeah. can I do? Get a vest. <laughs> Our list of crimes here. He goes from just playing assault to uh, assault and battery as he beats the pimp pretty much to death with a lead pipe. Yep, you are correct. <laughs> because let's be honest, what's assault going to be without some battery? Listen, I, I mean, <laughs> I get it. We're all we're all ministers here. Sometimes you got to take a pipe and beat the snot out of strangers. I get it. Okay, but oh man. I found. And then, and then, uh, when, when the lady goes, the lady as he's walking away goes, "Thank oh. you, you're a saint." I, I hated goes, this. I hated no. this. I'm, I'm just, just a man. man. <laughs> if they had just left it at "you're a saint," it would have been bad, but it would have been tolerable. Yeah. But the 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 other part was so bad, and he does it twice. I know that. that yeah, that whole "I'm just a man." No, get that out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that part, Zach? Oh, it was my favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was almost as good as the next scene where he gets into his car and then is super excited that he got to commit assault and battery <laughs> on a stranger. <laughs> he was. He was. He was like, yeah, I got to assault battery. <laughs> oh, shoot. He was thrilled to death. But his, his excitement comes crashing down when he realizes that he's missed three calls. And then he gets home, and the cops are surrounding his yard as, as uh, what was her name? Mindy. 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 The abused woman was talking to the cops. And then there was a scene that, well, made absolutely no sense from a real-world perspective. As this woman is giving her statement to police, Ray the Redneck comes out and goes, Mindy, get back inside. I want you talking to no police. And she goes, Ray, I'm talking to him. Go inside, smoke your cigarettes, and drink your beer. <laughs> I'm confused by this scene because, you know, she's supposed to be an abused woman, but she just tells off her husband, and he, like like a whipped puppy, goes back in the house. and She's not acted consistently. If she was truly in an abusive relationship, I've known people in abusive relationships, the last thing that she's going to do is tell off her husband in front of people. This is a poorly written 
abused woman by a writer who has never met an actual abuse victim. Yeah. I would agree. We agree on something. Okay, so Pastor Chris goes to the hospital and he finds out that the wife hit her head. And then she proceeds to give the most terrible, awful, worst pregnancy announcement ever. (laughs) Honey, honey, are you okay? Well, the doctors did scans and... It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor and it's not an aneurysm. But they did find something else. (laughs) What? What is it? What's wrong with you? Do you want to tell him, little girl, that's my daughter? I'm going to be a sister. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? This, yeah, this scene. If my, my wife passes out, I think that something terrible has happened to her. I rush to the hospital, and it just turns out that there's good news, but she prefaces it by saying it's, it's not, not a- bad news, or it's not, it's not a tumor. It's not an aneurysm, but it's something else. I was. I might turn back. I, I, I would be this close to turn it into redneck Ray. <laughs> I was dumbified there. I really was. That was another bad scene I did. There had to have been another way to uh, another another way to have done that scene. Yeah, here's the way to do it, honey. Honey, are you okay? I'm pregnant. Yeah, it turns out I'm pregnant and I passed out. <laughs> what frustrates me the most about this scene, though, is that it goes nowhere. Yeah, like it it leads to nothing. She's she you know gives this big announcement and she's all sick and whatnot and and the child is never born there's no more discussion yeah. about this it's except almost for one passing like statement it's just done it's almost like that 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 scene was there just to get the pastor to the hospital yep. where the detective who is also useless was there to question <laughs> jojo the pimp <laughs> about a masked vigilante Yep. And we're back at a church service where he gives a we-need-more-money sermon. And guess what happens? He is a brilliant preacher. That's always a good sign of a preacher that he sucks when talking about faith or any other biblical things. But if he needs money, <laughs> he's coming out like Joel Steve. <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's well said right there. Yeah, He's talking about faith. People are walking out. He's talking about money. People are getting behind him. And he's a master preacher, and I do like his his message there where he's like, is anybody here a banker? We need help with our funds, you know? Mm -hmm. Anybody here a plumber, roofer, whatever? Good message. But then a prostitute arrives at the church, the one he saved the other night, and uh, everybody just immediately turns on her like a pack of hyenas. Go on, get! What's your tap in here? It was like that scene in The Chosen where the guy finds out the dude has leprosy. Yep. (laughs) Get out! Edna pulled her knife out. (laughs) So, pastor yells at everybody. He goes, hey. He goes, hey, you better start being nice to her. You better greet her with some respect. And the prostitute's like, I should go. And then everybody stands up. And this time, oh, man. There's a really long, horrible musical montage. Everybody's shaking hands (laughs) with this former sex worker. All right, here's here's the scene where I fully gave up on Pastor Chris. After the church gets done in the middle of services, by the way, he's like halfway through his sermon, and then everybody just gets up and greets her, and apparently church is over. Yep. We were done. Uh, and, and the former prostitute is talking to Pastor Chris, the saint, 
And she says that he's the answer to her prayers. And then he reveals his secret identity in about 0.4 seconds. She goes, he goes, well, that, that man that just saved me, he's the answer to my prayers. Well, I'm glad you got to a, uh, a shelter. I didn't tell you that I went to a shelter. You, <laughs> Dumb! Come on, Chris, you're better than that. <laughs> you know, you almost, you almost wonder, and I haven't read the book, but you almost wonder if they're trying to tell too much of the story, that it actually would have been better if they'd have done a smaller section of the story that would have made the movie better. Because I think so many things we talk about were pressed and put in there to help tell this bigger picture where I don't know that it helped the film. Next scene, they're stressing about bills and babies. They need money. And what does the wife suggest? Wrestling. wrestling. Out of nowhere. Out of the clear blue sky. She's like, hey, why don't you start wrestling again? Well, she talked to Miss Edna. I'm sorry. Was Are you not the same woman at the beginning of the film that was berating him for wanting to continue to wrestle? And then him, again, does a complete 360 and goes, I don't want to embarrass you. What? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever that these two people just flip their entire personalities because the plot needs them to. <laughs> and, and these people flip back and forth so fast that my neck is sore because of all the whiplash of trying to figure out what in the world they believe at this moment in time that it was ridiculous. What? And so what does he do? Goes, he goes back to the ring and he's beating some rando. And the reaper, <laughs> and the reaper is watching and says this literal line from the movie: "I've seen more meat in a cheese sandwich." He's <laughs> he's a WFW wrestler. I mean, his lines aren't supposed to be good. He doesn't get paid to come up with good stuff. And then we just have a wrestling slash pe- preaching montage where he fights a dude with a bear for a head. That's fun. <laughs> The the prostitute is now the <laughs> greeter of the church building. Growth. The saint gets up and in a sermon says that he's fine for salvation. Money is just rolling in. Lumpkin is shocked to see that the church is filled. The pimp asks, where are my girls at? And the preacher, preacher is super proud of himself. Super proud. Which again, this movie does not understand subtlety whatsoever. Because he gets in front of his entire thing at the end of this montage and goes, I'm super proud of all the things that I've done. And when he says this, his wife looks really disappointed. And so does Miss Edna. So he's in his office and the redneck's wife comes in. She's singing real good. And she asks to join the church. And then, like all preachers do, before allowing membership, he gives an ultimatum. He goes, you can join it if you can lead my choir. And she goes, well, I've got... A lot to do. You've seen the husband I dealt with. Uh, I have to take care of my daughter. You better lead my choir or you ain't coming to church. I'm the saint. I mean, I'm Pat. Dang it, Chris, again? I thought this was, I was expecting the old lady who was running the choir to be really offended yeah. at this. That she I was offended. I was offended was for like, the old lady. <laughs> I know. And there was like it, like, it never turned into anything. She didn't care that her choir had been hijacked and given to Mindy. Yeah, she just shoves that old lady to the side. <laughs> Lucky that she didn't stomp on her back and break her leg. I think he was thinking about it. Well, I mean her, Mindy. She d- so then uh, Edna, conf- next scene, Edna confronts the saint about his pride. 
about being self-centered. And then he does something that he does for the next three scenes. He just suddenly and abruptly stands up and walks out of the house. Yep. You're being prideful and self-centered. Bye. <laughs> Jack, did you listen to somebody the first time they told you you were being prideful and self-centered? Did it take three or four times? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's got to be hard to hear. And he was. It, it was It was horrible. I mean, horrible how prideful he was. Yeah, but that's... No, here's the thing, though. I have never... I've had people say some horrible things to me, and I'm sure you yeah. have, too. And, you know, even even the undeserved things that people have said to me that have been bad, in the context of me being a minister, I have never gotten up and walked out on somebody like that. Yeah, I guess I never have either. I mean... I'm going to try it sometime, though. It's He gets home... And Redneck Ray is yelling at his wife about going to church. And uh, the pastor, Chris, is doing paperwork when his daughter asks for ice cream. And then again, we have another 360. He has been nothing but a kind, gentle father. Daughter goes, hey, Daddy, can we get some ice cream? No! Get out of here! I hate you! Whoa. I missed that scene. Where did that come from? <laughs> he just, just like, it's cold outside, you want ice cream? Go away. Yeah, remember when he said, I'm not your dad. You need to go talk to your mom. <laughs> what? So he yells at his wife out of nowhere. Then his wife comes in and he yells at her out of nowhere. And then she's like, hey, you want to calm down a little bit? And he's like, nope, bye. Just gets up and walks out again. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a lot on his mind right now. And then he gets up and he leaves. And he's about ready to go to his car because he's got a wrestling match. Or he has a wrestling match to get to. He overhears Ray's. And then he screams at Ray for being a jerk. And I'm like, finally, Ray's going to get his comeuppance. No. It's not what happens. He growls at Ray for like... He he yells less at Ray than he yelled at his daughter for asking for ice cream. He goes, Ray, stop being mean. Your wife can sing pretty. Bye. And he gets in his car and drives away. And then you know what we have? Another montage. This one, the saint is upset driving. He gets to the WFW match that has been located in that Michigan town for at least a month and a half now. And he looks up and says, I'm done. Bye. And he drives away. <laughs> and he goes to a diner. And he asks for some fish and some fish sauce. <laughs> fish sauce. <laughs> not ketchup. The other stuff. You know, that white stuff. You're not. You're digging yourself a hole, Pastor Chris. <laughs> digging yourself a hole What's here. fish sauce? <laughs> Tartar and sauce is not fish sauce. <laughs> and then the way- the waitress is like, I can't help you right now. We don't have no tartar sauce. That is unbelievable. You realize that I said bye and left to at least four different people today? Don't make me do it again. Go get me some fish and some fish sauce. I'm sorry. We don't have any fish sauce. Help me. Why? Because of all the diners that he could have walked in, he walked into that one where there was just so happened to be an armed robbery happening. And what'd he do? He got up and left. He said, she goes, help me. And he said, bye. <laughs> and he went to the nearest telephone booth and changed into his uniform. He put on his mask and he pulled on his puffy jacket. <laughs> and he went and did some more assault. And battery. And in the, the next scene, the waitress is at the police station filing uh, a report. 
And the cop, I, I do need to bring this up. The cop's like, you guys have a closed circuit television set up. <laughs> and she said, no. My brothers, Lucas and John John, blew them up last Halloween. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Uh, you know, What's right of with it? all the things you know? that we've seen in this movie, <laughs> I would really, really love to know the story behind Lucas and John John blowing I'm up the cameras. I'm telling you, if they wanted to keep the... If they would seriously, because cameras are up in the corner of buildings, what in the world? <laughs> Lucas and John John. They'd added five minutes. I, I could have taken oh. that. No, they would have just cut out like half of the slow motion. They would have had five minutes to show you how Lucas and John John blew up the CCTV cameras. Uh, that's what I want answered out of this entire movie. How did Lucas and John John do that? She tells the detective that uh, the man that saved her had a binder with a white cross on it, and she calls him a saint. Oh. And the detective's like, I know who that guy is. Because now he is done being a friendly detective. Mm -hmm. And is now did a 180 to becoming a vengeful detective. At the beginning, he said something at the basketball game where he's like, I think that it's good when somebody stands up for what's wrong. And now he's like, you stand up for what's wrong, I'm going to get you. Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah, the only thing this movie was missing was that detective in a Miami Vice outfit. So, and he wasn't. A, I thought he was a pretty good actor. His part was just terrible. It was terribly written. All these parts were bad. Yeah. So, in the next scene, so the detective runs into the saint buying ice cream. Now, by now, the, the saint's been carrying around the binder with the cross on it, Edna's diary, uh, pretty much everywhere he goes. So he knows that the saint is this mass vigilante. And then he does something really stupid that I do not understand. Me either. He invites the saint who he believes to be a violent criminal that is committing crimes across his precinct and his daughter to the police station. What's the plan here, detective? For a lineup. <laughs> the outfits don't change throughout this entire scene and leading into the next scene, which gets really confusing here in just a minute. So yes, he's tricked into a lineup. The waitress comes back but refuses to ID the saint. And as they leave, the saint goes, did you catch the bad guy? And the detective goes, not today. Did you play poker? This guy, the masked saint, has been on magazines. He is a professional, famous wrestler. They live in a time that has iPhones. Google for five seconds. And you'll be able to see that the mass saint is Pastor Chris. You are a horrible detective. <laughs> wow. But he's not seen the mask, right? No. So he can't technically put those two things together. He just knows it's a mass vigilante. Google Pastor Chris's name. Find out. Oh, he's a professional wrestler that goes by the saint and wears a mask. Huh. That's an awfully big quinky dink. And he's carrying around a binder that has a cross on it. Ah, uh, too bad I don't have enough to question him. Oh, well. Better invite the daughter back next week for Bring Your Con to Work Day. Thanks. So they're driving home from the police. They're in the same outfits that they wore at the police station. They're driving home from the police, and they get a call. They get a call that they need to come to the church building because the building has been destroyed and tagged with spray paint that looks like people who did it never held a spray paint can in their <laughs> entire life. They weren't real good graffiti artists, were they? 
But anyways, church building's destroyed. Saint goes, it's my fault. And then he takes his wife and tells her the story. And then the wife's like, bye. <laughs> now the saint knows what it feels like. Why, why is she so mad right now? I didn't get that part. I thought that was a little bit of an overreaction. Because she's just like, hey, I stopped this woman from, from being abused by this man. I used my wrestling moves. How dare you? I'm not talking to you. Stomp, 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 stomp. I don't know. I think my wife would be pretty ticked if she found out I was the one that had been out, like, beating people up. I think she would be. Ellie'd just be mad but that she didn't invite her. her. She might be, but... I, uh, Bring your life Yeah, up. I don't... I mean, that, when I saw that, I thought, man, she is bolting out of there quick. Um, but that place was a wreck. The paper strewn all over the floor. What's up with that? Where did those come from? A couple of things real quick. Yeah, that the paper confused me too because they didn't look like they songbook the pages. Songbooks. No, they didn't. Oh, those okay. were just Never mind. they were just blank pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody went down to Office Depot, bought a ream of paper, <laughs> and just <laughs> tossed it in the air. <laughs> so after the wa- the wife storms off, do you know what we have? That's right. If you guessed another cleaning montage. And then next Sunday, even after that montage, the church is still a mess. <laughs> they didn't even pick up the flag behind it or any of the paper. No one. So was, what? Was that the following they... Sunday, or was that later? Like later on in the day when, like, they had people. See, I in. don't know because okay, they were taken to the police station. Mm-hmm. They went to go get ice cream. Then during the same day, they were taken to the police station. Uh-huh. On the way home from the police station, they were called into the church building, where a guy says a line that confuses me still to this moment. He goes, I just got here and found the church like this when I came to open the the daycare. daycare. What? (laughs) (laughs) Which begs the question, why are you out for ice cream at 7 o'clock in the morning? No, they had to have been out for ice cream at like 4 (laughs) a.m. Okay, so there's a timeline issue in a couple of the scenes. Wait, but he's is is he still in the same clothes when he gets to the church building? See, I guess he uh, yes, yes, he is. But I don't. I think it's a different Sunday. Nobody stopped for five minutes to pick up the paper off the floor or the flag. It's just crumpled to the back yeah. there. I don't even know if it's Sunday because he's like, I called you all here today. But then his wife, she walks in yeah. late, right? And then she said, I left, but I came back. So it's. It seems like it's the same yeah, day. That's I, I don't... This is the longest day ever, then. <laughs> well, listen, man, you start eating ice cream in it Michigan started at 4 a.m. St- <laughs> it started at 4 a.m. in the complete daylight, and it kept going till 8 o'clock at night in the complete daylight in the winter in Michigan. If there's one thing I know about Midwest winters is that the sun rises at 3 in the morning, and it doesn't set until 10 o'clock at night. It's really nice. Yeah. Or it, and so everybody's everybody. Which, by the way, another unbelievable thing. He calls an impromptu meeting of his congregation, and, and everyone, everyone shows, shows up. up. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest lie in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> that never and happens. So he gets. And so he gets up, and he goes, "This is all my fault." And then he goes, "I've got a confession to make to all of you." I'm a professional wrestler. Oh! Fire him! We should fire him! He's a liar! How is he a liar? He's not, he never once lied. Nope. No one ever said, hey, 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 preacher, preacher, 
you a professional wrestler? Well, no, I'm not. This is dumb. It's so dumb. Everybody's like, oh, why is he wrestling? This is terrible. Uh, Enter. And then he's... Judd Lumpkin. And then Judd comes in out of nowhere. Who called Judd? Good question. Everybody hates Judd, but Judd's getting the call for the impromptu <laughs> meeting. And Judd comes busted in, and she's, he's like, hey, guys, calm down. He's wrestling, not being a meth addict. Take a deep breath. Ain't nobody leaving. <laughs> and then everybody changes their mind immediately. Yeah. Immediately. They go from, we want this guy fired, to Judd saying, hey, let's not fire him. Okay. All I know is, now it's Sunday. Because the new choir director gets up. All these people that, that were literally singing monotone before. <laughs> Got the world. Singing like beautiful wings. Because that's the thing, guys. It, that's that's the power of a choir director. You can have a group of people that are tone deaf and cannot sing. As long as you got a good director, boom, they can suddenly sing. And then wouldn't you know it that outside, the pimp drives up, sees people walking in the church building, and goes, You just don't get it, do you, preacher? <laughs> you know, here's what I thought. I thought we were going to find out that the detective story that was going nowhere, that he was so angry at the preacher because he was secretly, you know, working with the pimp and he was like a dirty cop and they were in this together. And so when he can't catch him in the lineup, he sends the pimp to the church to terrorize the church and, you know, to run him out of town. And then, you know, well, you know, this will all be exposed in the end. But no, like the two storylines are just separate. The hey. pimp just destroys this building for no reason. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> you're talking about a good movie, Okay. You're talking about a movie that makes sense and would have actually been entertaining to watch. <laughs> Stop that. Come on. You know better. Oh, man. <laughs> you just don't get it, preacher. Well, after the, the sermon, Saint goes to Nikki and asks for a fair fight against the Reaper for the title match to earn a little money for his church. You know, as us preachers do. We're not preaching. We're MMA fighting. Um, hey, would you... Would you they go get, into the ring and wrestle for your church? Is that literally the only option? Yep, that's it. The only one. And even if I lose, I'll, I'll make enough money to, to, to save the congregation and keep it going? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let it die. <laughs> you all are on your own. <laughs> no, of course I would. Oh. <sighs> But uh, guess what kind of match this is? He's going to get a fair fight because now, now wrestling is... Okay, this movie changes its mind on whether or not wrestling is fake about 17 different times. At the beginning, wrestling is fake. Then it quickly switches to wrestling's real when he gets his leg broken. Then it's back to it's fake. Then when the masked saint shows up to help Iceman out, it's real again. And then it's back to fake. Because his wife wants him to go wrestle for money. And then, at the very end, he's like, let's let's do this for real. No. You do those wrestling moves for real, and everybody dies. That's the result of pile-driving somebody into a mat. Is death. <laughs> so they get there, and it's a cage match. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> and who provided the lighting for the cage match? Lumpkin lighting. Lumpkin lighting. Lumpkin lighting, because it was a tax write-off. And who comes to this cage match? <laughs> who else shows up here? You're never going to believe it, dear listeners, but it's our very good friend, Redneck Ray. Redneck Ray shows up. Why? Because he wants to apologize at the most inopportune time in the history of apologies. 
and we're lucky. Hey, I know you're about ready to fight for the church and everything and earn some money and get your pride back and and uh, learn a lesson. But I just want to come and say I'm sorry. I was smoking my cigarettes, drinking my beer last night, and I had me thought. So I wanted to just come down here and say sorry. Isn't it powerful when you see people change? Saints in the back room, preparing, praying for strength. And who comes in? It's the pimp with a gun. Which is the name of my new children's book available in August of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> pimp with a gun. <laughs> so anyways, Pip comes in, pulls a gun, and wouldn't you know, Redneck Ray comes in and just bashes his head in with a 20-pound barbell. Isn't that amazing? How in the world... Is JoJo not dead? JoJo the pimp should have a crushed cranium at this point in time. You're wondering why his head like I thought he hit him on the I thought he hit him on the back. He walloped him in the back of the head with a 20 pound barbell. It was not just a. I mean, he put everything. He put all of his redneck rage into into that well, swing. Did you see that he also had like a 64 ounce big chug <laughs> yeah. drink in his hand. Didn't even drop it. Didn't even ask anybody to hold his drink. He brains him with a barbell. And then the detective arrives, sees JoJo. I know that you can't see it because it's PG-13 faith-based movie, but I imagine he saw gray matter leaking out <laughs> of the <laughs> split skull. And he's just like, it's all right. Whenever he wakes up, he'll be behind bars. Don't worry about it. Hold on a second, Mr. Detective Man. Now your position on vigilante justice has just changed again. Bigger fish. And then the Saint's like, are you going to arrest me? Which would make sense for the detective's character. But no. The detective goes, I need you to be the last man standing. Why? Why are you there? <laughs> Why are you in the movie? Why is JoJo uh, yeah, there? Was... We just, we just, so what just happened here in quick succession, for those not paying attention, is a redneck appeared out of nowhere. To apologize, which makes no sense, just so ha- just so he could be in the right moment to find a barbell, lay into the side of the room for no reason, pick it up, kill a man with it, and then to have a police detective come in and go, ah, I didn't see it. Go ahead, walk away. Yeah, why? Why did he say, I need you to be... I mean, what, what would make the difference to him, win or lose? And so they do some sappiness that doesn't matter, so I'm not going to waste your time with it. But the match starts, and the, the Reaper is doing what would happen in real life. And that is kicking the living lights out of the saint. Uh, yeah, saints slam to the ground so hard that he goes back in time. Yep. He had a concussion. You ever been slammed to the ground so hard that you go back in time? <laughs> <laughs> he just remembers the time that he got beat up as a kid. He's struggling to get up. And this fight keeps happening. And the most anticlimactic ending he manages to get the reaper into an arm bar and he tells the reaper to tap because there's no ref the reaper's like i'm not gonna tap ever (laughs) hey the original saint the guy that was in the stands that said you got him saint that is the original saint that said that Uh uh-uh for real real. and so uh eventually reaper taps out nikki gives the saint his belt uh and then the saint offers the reaper his hand. I'm going to be really mad if the reaper turns out to be the bully from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> He's not, is he? Because, I, I, is that what they're trying to play off? Because remember, the bully yeah, smacked his hand yeah, away. I don't And I don't then the reaper smacked I his hand away. Saying that. But I never even thought about you that know what? you said that, though, Zach. Knowing this movie, I bet it is. 
I bet it is. I bet that's what they were trying to say. The director's gonna be like, that would be. The, the director would be like, they're gonna love this. It's gonna come full circle. The bully's gonna turn out to be the Reaper, and then uh, he's gonna smack the, the 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 hand away, and then he's gonna take it, and then the Reaper's gonna go heaven. <laughs> That'd be a pretty good parallel. <laughs> the Reaper's gonna go to heaven. And then, and then, the most baffling thing happens in the ring. They're standing up together, and Nikki and the Saint give each other a hug. What's wrong with that? Why? Why does that happen? Nikki has, from the very beginning of the movie, shown that he could not care less about anybody, except for making money. He likes the Reaper breaking legs, because the Reaper's making him money. He wants the Iceman's leg to break because the Iceman creeps him out because he has more eyeshadow on than Lady Gaga. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Everybody is so quick to come to salvation in this movie. So quick to turn everything around. So quick to change. And then guess what, guys? After this weird hug that makes no sense, we come to the end of the movie. The only thing necessary for Triumph of Evil is for good men to do something about it. Edmund Burke. And then Edna goes, so go out and do something about it. Today. And the Reaper goes, I still will haunt your dream, Saint. And then that's the end. It sets up for a uh, sequel. I'm ready. Okay, that was a terrible movie. Disagree. Now, before we go into our review, I do want to say that we don't have a game this week because I was lucky enough to score a great interview with a wrestling (laughs) great earlier this week. Uh, I sat down. I went, guys, you're not going to believe this, all right? I was driving around. I saw this sign that said, Nain, this way. And then when I got to Nain, I saw another side that said Indoor this way. And so I drove to Indoor and I found this witch there, this witch of Indoor. <laughs> and I was like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I don't believe in witchcraft and wizardry, but I was wondering, uh, could you summon the soul of Macho Man Randy Savage for me? She, can, she said, I can do one better than that. She rose him from the dead. Rose Macho Man Randy Savage from the dead. She goes, you have a few minutes to interview him. And he beat the living snot out of me. Well deserved. And so... Without further ado, I, I, I present to you my interview with Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho. Can I call you Macho? Man, yeah. Man! Great. Uh, 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 wow, I'm, I'm getting actually kind of starstruck here talking to you. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming on here and doing this and then just having a, a conversation about uh, what it's like to be a professional wrestler. I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Oh, well, uh, I'm flattered that you think so highly of of our podcast, but um, honestly, this is an opportunity that I can't let slip through my fingers. Is there anything I can get for you? Soda, water? uh, Cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. Cup of coffee in the big time. Of course, uh, right away, uh, I'll... I have a coffee pot right here. Uh, do you do you take milk in your coffee? The cream of the crop. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I've got creamer right here. Are you are Randy? Are you okay? You seem uh, you seem just a little bit off balance. On balance, off balance doesn't matter. I'm better than you are. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm I'm sorry if I upset you. Oh wow, Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even matter. 23 wrestlers? What are you talking about?
talking about? I'm just trying to conduct an interview. There's no wrestlers here waiting to attack you, Mr. Randy Savage. Uh, I, I, I just, you know, I, I feel lucky to even have the opportunity to sit down and talk to you. I, what is happening? What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. If you go to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship bout with the Macho Man Randy Savage and escape with your life. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and just listen to you threaten me. D do you know where you're at? We're not at a wrestling match, Randy. Comparatively speaking to the Macho Man Randy Savage, you are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I am the entire desert! Climb in the garbage can, because comparatively speaking, you are nothing but garbage. Seriously, stop insulting me. Right here is a crying towel. I don't need a crying towel. I'm not crying. Get this together, Zach. Listen here, Randy. You are not a nice man, and I'm leaving. I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better. Whatever you say, Randy. I need to go. Wow, man, freak out. I'm not freaking out. I'm just... I'm just really sad and scared, and I don't think this interview's gonna work out. Oh, yeah, and I remember way back when, when the mega powers were bonded, yeah. You made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Look, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just want to leave. This isn't working out. Promises that you didn't keep. I, I didn't promise you anything. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise. Elizabeth? Like your, your wife Elizabeth? Randy, I don't know her. I've never met her. You didn't bring her today. I only come down to your matches when it's absolutely necessary. When you're down and out. That's the kind of rules I play by. But you, you play by different rules. Yeah, you gotta get in your grandstanding and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah. I've told you this seven times, Randy. This is not a match. You are in a recording studio. All that this is was supposed to be an interview, and since the beginning of it, I've been nothing but kind to you. I don't even know what hot dogging means. I was doing real good, yeah. I was styling out there like a champion, yeah. But guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You, man. When were you doing good? Randy, please just answer that one question. When in this entire interview were you not losing your mind over something that I have no idea? What is your deal? Please sit down. Please don't hurt me, okay? Just just calm down. I, I apologize for grandstanding. Can I just please go? You just couldn't stand to sit back with your feet up and watch the champion in action. Well, look at this, prima donna. No, don't hurt me. Um, what, what, what's this? Did, did, did you draw this picture? Yeah! It, it looks really nice, Randy. Um, I'm sorry for being a hot dog and prima donna. Okay, um, that's, that's all th the time that we have for our interview. Randy, th thank you again uh, for, for coming on the show and uh, agreeing to do this. Um, 
I loved having you here. Let me tell you something. Oh no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say anything bad. You say you love me like a brother. What? No, 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 I said I loved having you here. I didn't say anything about loving you. Please sit down. Well, listen to this. I hate you. I hate your guts. Randy, please! That really hurt. It really hurt. Okay. Luke, give us your review on the Rotner Righteous scale. Oh, I thought this was I thought this was worth a watch. Um, you know, when you nitpick all the little details, sure, the acting's not the best, but truthfully, I thought the only bad actor he wasn't bad all the time, but uh, the only guy who really could use some acting improvement was Pastor Chris. The other characters, I thought, were pretty decent. They all played their roles. They were written, you know, they could have been written better for sure, but that's not on them. So we had good actors for the most part. The writing was not great, but, you know, the story, I, honestly, as I watched this movie, I thought that the story would be better without any of the wrestling parts. <laughs> I thought that if they, <laughs> if they had taken this guy who used to be a pro wrestler, moved him, to Michigan to try to revive a congregation and had all these characters and spent more time developing out those characters and just left the wrestling to die, um, it would have been a better movie. But seeing as how they didn't do that, working with what they had, I felt like it was, it was okay. In fact, I'd say it's good. Um, and being free on YouTube is also nice. You don't have to pay anybody. That's always the mark so of a that's good a, movie. That's that's a plus. Um, it's when I'm clean. looking for a movie, I go, hey, what's for free? What's so bad that people won't even buy it? <laughs> <laughs> they had uh, 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 Lumpkin in it, which is a plus <laughs> one. As I voted last week... They have the Saints, you know, the, the tights with the Saints written on the back, which is a plus one. Um, so I'm going to give it a, with all its flaws, I'm going to give it a, a seven. You're entitled to your opinion, but you are wrong. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> well, it's funny. I just wrote down seven. seven on my paper because that's what I'm giving it to. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yes, there was some bad acting. There was some bad scenes. I think they tried to take too much and put it into too small a time. I think they could have taken a lot of it out. But I see this movie as a teaching tool, and I think I could watch this with folks. I could watch it with, I could watch it with the kids of the congregation. Listen, we can talk about dedication, faith, belief, forgiveness, communication, prayer, pride, growth, husband-wife relationships, father-child relationships, and... I think there is a uh, uh, teaching mechanism there also to talk, to talk about some of the things that uh, we don't find approved in the Bible. I loved it. They delivered a movie that was trash. Oh. Too much, too much overuse of slow motion. The writing was horrible. They threw every stereotype at the wall that they possibly could, from pimp to redneck and everyone in between. No, is it watchable? 
you know what? When I turned my TV on and looked at it, my eyes didn't melt out of my head like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. So yes, you can watch this movie without dying. Congratulations. It's watchable. Is it a good movie? No. Listen, the movie was bad, okay? Oh. Can you watch it? Yeah. Is there... I found that... Um, I thought... I sat down and I was like, I'm going to hate every minute of this movie. It looked not great. And then I sat down and watched it and I was like... I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, I I didn't mind watching this for an hour and 45 minutes at all. And so uh, I, I think the listening audience should... Probably. Fine. Take a, I'll take give a look it at my this. original score, a two. Thank you. I will say this: it was better than I expected. However, I want to hold these movies to the same standard that I would hold any other Hollywood movie yeah. to. I don't want to give them a pass just because it doesn't have any bad words in it. So there you have it. It's <laughs> it's a good movie. We're, we're at a draw here. It's not a good movie. It is a movie. It's I'll give you three. that. It's not a draw. No, our rating is at a 5.7. That's basically right right down the middle. It's Uh, okay. Now, I will say this, that I went on Amazon to find out if I am alone in hating this movie. And I want to start out by saying that on Amazon, it holds a 4.1 out of 5 stars. Because we uh, go across the spectrum of liking it to thinking it is... Worse than a film school student's project his first year. I Let's go from the positive to the negative. Lord Palmer of Barsoom gave it a five-star review and wrote, I loved this movie. The only thing I wish was done more is they showed more of the childhood memories of the masked saint growing up into the hero. Now, they put Mass Saint in parentheses, and I have no idea why. But, whatever. Uh, growing up into the hero. But I really loved this movie. Very touching. Two movies I watched being a Christian myself is Passion of the Christ and Masked Saint. Wow. <laughs> Buy this movie! <laughs> <laughs> you will enjoy the warm feel. She put the Masked Saint on the same level as Passion of the Christ. I don't think I'm there yet. Maybe after a second watching, I'll be ready. That's that, that's like putting... No. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it three times. Good night. <laughs> and finally, there was one one-star review by Mr. Mike Salgado, who wrote... This is a religious movie and should state so in the description. <laughs> okay. Hey, look, I'm with them, all right? If I got this movie, I just think I'm going to watch a good wrestling bio flick, and I got The Masked Saint, I'd be a little bit mad, too, because it was bad. Hey! The, the, the title, okay, the description is... Chris Samuels retires from the ring and settles down as a pastor by day and then on the cover of the movie hold on just one second hold on just one second yes I I agree with you however I did see a movie today that I'm planning on watching when I have time so never that was called Velocipastor Velocipastor 
on the cover <laughs> was a man investment. Has the same credentials. Pastor. Husband. The only difference is, instead of becoming a wrestler, this guy gets involved in a nuclear accident, which gives him the power to turn into a velociraptor. And he uses that power to fight crime. It won't be as Velocipaster. It won't be as good as the mask saint. Rated R. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just sad. I'm sad. Why are you why are you sad, Scott? Because five point six. This is a movie worth watching. It's it not. is. It's it's not. Alright, do you guys have anything else to say about this abomination? This I am it so glad to go watch it. I'm so glad that we've decided to do short ones because then these long ones don't feel so bad. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rotten or righteous. Follow us on Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a quick review and five stars. This is how pe- more people will find this podcast. Without your help, uh, we will eventually die because no one listens. And what's the point of doing this if nobody listens? It's not like we're watching good movies or anything that are actually rewarding. Uh, So please, like this show. (laughs) Share it on Facebook. I mean, I know that two out of three of the regulars on this show don't share it on their Facebook, but be different (laughs) than Scott and Luke. Be different. Share it on your Facebook timeline. It takes three seconds. I would share it, but I'm sad that it got a bad rating, and it's such a good movie. So, if you like the show, please tell someone about us. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a movie or television show, and you'd like us to review, or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to agree with me, uh, email me at rottenerrighteous at gmail dot com or on Facebook Messenger. If you disagree with me and agree with Luke and Scott, you can reach us at this is not a real email at <laughs> yahoo dot com. <laughs> Please visit us at the theallnewrottenorrighteous.com and see what's going on over there. Also, if you haven't already noticed, stay tuned just a bit after the closing music for just a little piece of funny that had to be cut out of the main show. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our show. For Scott and Luke, I'm Zach Geiler, and this has been Rotten or Righteous. Real quick before we go, Scott, uh, do you know which state has the most streets? Uh, the most streets? Um, New York. Nope, Rhode Island. Lord Mullen and the Creek Don't Rise, we will talk to you all again next week. Until then, remember to say your prayers and obey your parents. Good night. (laughs) It's horrible. Have we gotten hate mail yet? We haven't gotten mail yet. you have done i mean if you would if you would have been thrown to the ground like you should have been several times in high school would you have taken the hand to help yourself up i I, no i was a lot less fat in high school if it was now i would because i don't think i could just get up after (laughs) being slammed down to the ground (laughs) i I need that hand up